To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. No, I probably had COVID like 74 times. I have no clue and I don't care. Everybody liked Blanche. Because Blanche was a pig who took it in the ass. Did you smell your poop? Did you learn anything? Did you read about the dog story? Why the f*** is my ex-girlfriend who I despise calling me? A lot to blame on the news. It's a lot to blame on Anthony Fauci, that Italian leprechaun. Almost like it never existed, but it fucking did. So do me a favor. Go f*** yourself! said that in a long time. I haven't said that in a year? No. I haven't two years? A a year and a half? I haven't said that in a long time. The spare parts studio. Holy shit. Um that's incredible. I'm I'm back here with stuff I found on the side of the road or that was given to me and I put it all together and I make a I make a studio out of it and that's uh it's kind of the theme here I'm really I'm happy to be back uh I am still living by New Hampshire's beautiful seacoast uh you know what's funny is like like um, I stopped recording uh about a month and a half ago and it's been a mu- in just under a month and a half gas is almost doubled the situation in Ukraine has gotten way, way worse. Our president has gone completely full retarded. There's another possible epidemic that they're trying to spring upon us. Uh, it's it's getting pretty bad out there. And the market is just absolutely destroying itself. I'm seeing like REITs go down. Like what was today? Uh, um, I'm going to get to all the updates in a minute. But holy good God. Like I have... Uh, first of all, crypto has fallen off an absolute cliff. For anybody who you own any type of crypto, whether it's as little as Shiba Inu or as big as Bitcoin, there is a lot of holders out there. People are running for the door. So that's that. Um, passive uh, passive income stocks such as like PCEE or uh, PCF or QYLD, um, they're not taking a huge hit, but they've definitely gone down at least. Uh, in between 10, about 10 and 15 percent. So they've taken a hit. Uh, the Twitter thing is still ha- yet has yet to be resolved. The inverse stocks are going. Uh, they're just like, just give us a sign. Let us know when the market's going to tank, and then we'll get right. And then we'll go ahead and uh, allow people to cash out. Real estate stocks, uh, REITs such as Goff, AIV, New York Mortgage Trust, Redwood Trust, Whitestone, IVR, MFA, have all taken dirt naps. Some of them uh, today, they've dropped some of them as much as 10%. Just a few weeks, just a couple days ago, they dropped another 10%. And a bunch of them did reverse splits where, let me explain to you what a reverse split is. Mm. A reverse split is basically when a, a stock which is trying to hold its value so that it can stay on the trading block. We'll say it's it's it will go if you own 15 shares of it and it does a 15 for one split, you now own one share for the um, for that amount. So if it was like $1 a share, but you own 15 shares, you now own one share worth $15. But they split and they still keep going down. So, uh let's see. IVR I believe was er, was worth 
Uh, it was worth around, it was like we're in like 15 bucks a share. And now it's down to just under $10. After I was trading back up to 10, but MFA went up to like 15, 16 bucks a share. Uh, and that thing is also tanked a significant amount. Whitestone has also dropped a couple dollars a share. Whitestone's a little more stable, that's commercial rates. But just what, looking at every single stock, it's just taking a beating. People's portfolios, people's pensions, people's savings, everything just collapsing right in front of me. And here I am just sitting here looking at all my stuff. It's been sitting in a, a, a five by 10 for the past month, just dying to get the, uh, the ticks off of it so I can get it into a spot where I can look at it for a quick second before I open my mouth at least for at least one more time before I go and get my wisdom teeth ripped out tomorrow. I paid the extra $200 so that they could get, um, so that I wouldn't have to feel any pain for, for the weekend. They basically, for, because the insurance company won't cover it. The insurance company's like, sure, we'll let you have opiates. We'll let you have oxycodones or Percocets or whatever, but don't you dare, you know, have a pain-free weekend uh, of just having some injections in the back of your mouth. No, you gotta pay an extra 200 for that. However, I'm not gonna complain too much because they did save me a ton of money. And I'll be honest, dental insurance to me is the only insurance worth having for somebody like me. I don't need health insurance. I barely need car insurance. That's probably why I only have like liability. Um, but for me, dental insurance, I take dentistry and oral hygiene and oral surgery very seriously. Sadly, I don't think as many people take uh, say have the same thought process as I do. Um, they can eat 1,200 pounds of carbohydrates in a day and still brush morning, noon, and night. But for me, I, I decided it's I'm I'm I'm, at the, I'm like I finally have dental insurance. Let me finally go and get my back teeth removed. Um, it's it's finally time. So my it's gonna be awesome. I'm curious to see. I've been having this argument with people about whether or not like after I come out of anesthesia or whatever, how you know am I gonna be? Um, and I'm you know I'll I'm gonna be like Uma Thurman and and kill Bill. I'm gonna be like all right move your big toe and i'm gonna sit there for an hour trying to move my big toe and eventually i'm gonna make off with uh, that dude's truck so i'm really looking forward to just not having this stuff in the back of my face anymore um and since i'm already used to drinking uh, having soup every morning uh it's really gonna be no difference for no difference for me as far as my daily routine um so i i have to Basically, I'm now at a fasted state. Um, or I'm going into one. I don't. I don't have to eat tomorrow. Can't eat tomorrow. Ah, I'm yawning already. Um, you can support this podcast, by the way, by going to positivesarcasm.com/slash donate. Any amounts appreciated. There's also, if you want to go to the website, uh, get the Weeble app. I have a link, an affiliate link, in the contact section. My website. Just click on the contact section of positivesarcasm.com. Click on that Weeble link. You'll get some free stocks uh, that you can cash in for some quick chat cash before they completely tumble on me. And uh, I'll get some free stocks out of it as well. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm basically going to go into a fasted state. Tomorrow I'm going to have my normal 16 ounces of black coffee. And then and then basically by about 10.15 I'll be in the chair. Um, I don't even have to arrive in an hour earlier. I'm basically just going to walk right in. Drug, they're going to drug me up, throw me in the bed, and have their way with me. And uh, about, I think about an hour later I'll probably be good to go. Um, and then that'll be that. And I'll basically just enjoy the weekend uh, with a face full of 
a face full of painkillers, essentially. Um, but I am here. It's nice to have all my stuff out. It's nice to have all my normal accoutrements and look around and go, hey, look, there's all my stuff. There's my trophies over there, my Empire Strikes Back poster, uh, my Mustang poster, my wine rack that I generally don't drink out of, my golf clubs that I haven't been able to swing lately. I finally got a frame for my Elon Musk smoking weed. Um, and it's cool. And I got a bunch of new computers and a bunch of new furniture. And it's it's awesome. It's, it's really great. Um, I do, I'm going to try to include some new segments here. I'm going to keep the Q&A segment as uh, try to rotate that continuously in going forward. I'm also going to have an Instagram segment of people who send me funny videos or just interesting videos. And I'm going to try to go that route um, because I, I think that's important. Like I, I am on Instagram and people do send me stuff all the time. So I want to try to include some of the stuff that they send me and react to it while on here. Um, I do want to quickly talk about... Um, where I currently am. So I'm basically living in a college town. Um, I am, I'm right by the north side of the seacoast. I'm living in a college town. It is the cleanest town and the dirtiest town all at the same time. It's a living, it's hilarious living contradiction of a town that I've ever witnessed, ever. And I mean like, you walk, like, you wake up, you go for a walk in the morning, and all the flowers are blooming, and the, the water sprinklers are taking care of everything, and the sidewalks are paved and cleaned and swept, and they have the little water truck that goes by at night and then blasts all the all the junk down the side of the road and cleans that all up. And, and then you, like, when all the college kids leave, the dumpsters are just absolutely eradicated, like, with all kinds of furniture and these kids they're rolling up in like lexuses and mercedes and big toyotas and all this shit they got daddy's and mommy's money um and they're just throwing out entire furniture sets like don't need this fucking sofa anymore see ya don't need this anymore and it's of course they haven't thrown out beer bottles since christmas so it's like holy shit they could have pulled a Kramer and Seinfeld and tried to drive to Michigan and dumped off for a ton of cash. But instead, all that shit goes in the dumpster. It gets overfilled. And then there's like mattresses and everything laying outside a lot of these dumpsters. And it just sits there. And it sat there for like a month. Like you're driving by on your way to go do something. Oh, there's a mattress. Oh, there's a furniture set. Oh, there's a lounge chair. Oh, there's a sofa. Um, you know, oh, there's somebody's ex-girlfriend. And... It has yet a lot of it has yet to be cleaned up, but it is an interesting sight nevertheless. And then you see all the graduates who just left there, all the graduates with their specific, uh, I don't know, shade of blonde hair with their virgin white micro dresses, you know, all sitting together on the university sign with their pussies hanging out, chatting about their boyfriends who either look like Rob Lowe with a law degree or fucking Machine Gun Kelly. Oh my God. Oh my God. They all sound like Valley Girls. Oh my God. You know what I'm going to do with my $100,000 marketing degree? Well, nothing. I'm going to open up a hair salon in my basement until Todd knocks me up. And then I'm going to leave his stupid ass and take half his money. <laughs> And that's it. They're going to just go into debt. And they're going to take half their money to pay off the amount of tuition that they're spending on these gender fucking studies degree. And believe me, I see some of that. I, I see it. I, I see it. 
I ignore it. And it's funny because they're I see a lot of them driving by in their Teslas and their Subarus and their Toyota, their Toyota, you know, whatever or others. And I'm I come rolling in in second gear in my fucking Mustang with dual pipes. I'm like fuck it. I just just want them to be scared. I just want them to be terrified. But the problem is, my license plate says fucking PB and Joey, and I have a pooch sitting in the passenger seat just looking at his people. What's all this about? So I'm like, I'm like almost cute at this point. Like, oh my god, so cute. But I see some of the crazy Christian or uh, pronounced redheads that are going by, and they're like just seething at me. You can spot them. The great thing about this town is you can spot the ones that you just want to avoid altogether. You want to spot, it's like Chase, walk over here, walk over here, because if she think if she gets triggered by your microaggressions, she may ask to have you put down, and we can't afford that because I'll have to kill the bitch and throw her in the sewer. So we don't want that. We don't want that. So um, I'm I'm on my best behavior uh, in this town, except for the fact that Chase killed a gopher the other day. Um, probably one of the coolest fucking things i've ever seen in my life and literally about two hours later he was playing with a very small puppy so obviously he has he has his manners but he is bred to kill but what he's bred to kill is ducks chickens and beavers so don't get too crazy about it uh but i've never seen his jaw in full action all my life it was amazing and then it's like it was literally like he was playing with the rope that we usually play with and he's just like all of a sudden, he just lifts his head up, and there's a fucking gopher in his mouth. And it's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I have to take pictures. But overall, um, this town, look, let's be honest. This isn't the town, not exactly the town I was built for. But it does work for now. It's a great place to walk, Chase. It's uh, there's there was there was plenty of free furniture. Let me other. I mean, because all the college students, they were throwing shit out there, basically at the second floor window. Um, what's annoying about this town is, well, it's essentially useless for me. Like, there's the smallest grocery store or the smallest commercial grocery store that I've ever been to. I mean, all they have on. All they have available is fucking Doritos, Bud Light, and tampons. But there's like 14 coffee shops within a one-block radius. So it's, it's it's easy to either get a much-needed jolt of energy or, you know, shit yourself before reaching the front door. Um, that's pretty much it. You know, it's it's it, there's nothing really else to do here. There's like the bar that everybody goes to. There's a juicery, a kebab place. Um... A bunch, like I said, a bunch of coffee shops, a pizza place, a couple of them, and a couple churches. There's one across the street, the LGBTQIA plus plus E R E I E O uh, church, and then there's the other one that hates Jews. I don't know. Either way, um, so it's you. You drive in to this. You drive into this town. Like as soon as you enter the town, per se, it's like, and then, then it, like, two minutes later, it's this big college. And then you're gone. That's it. There's really nothing. There's nothing else to this town. Mostly residential. Mostly people with, you know, you, you know, I heart Ukraine flags on their front porch and Black Lives Matter. And, uh, you know, drink it. I drink at Starbucks and uh, save the economy. It's uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just making shit up at this point. But it's funny. It's an interesting. Um, it's an interesting, like, dichotomy of things. I mean, I do. It is true. Some of the um, houses 
the, 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 the amount of flags they have on their front porch, it looks like the fucking front of the UN building in New York. But I'm, I, it gives me something to think about, gives me something to joke about, gives me something to laugh at, and it reminds me how stupid a lot of this shit is. Um, but it is a nice town. It is a nice town. And for me, it was very affordable to get situated and get started and get moving on some of the things I needed to do. Um, what does piss me off, though, is like everyone who walks across the crosswalk, assuming like that the vehicle will or is capable of like stopping, they're not even paying attention. All the stupid kids in this town, and I mean all the stupid kids, fucking um, not even paying attention. Not even paying attention. Eyeballs bleeding into their phones. They have their earbuds in, listening to who the fuck knows what. No clue. They're about to be flattened by a DoorDash delivery driver with two Junior Bacon cheeseburgers because someone was just too lazy to walk down the street and earn those greasy calories. Good job. Now Sarah's dead. If one in four women who attend college are sexually assaulted, then the other three are killed by Uber drivers and a rush delivery of deep dish from Domino's. <laughs> it truly is... Well, technically, the one in four women thing being said, that's actually a flat-out bullshit lie. But the other three, the other three, definitely motor vehicle accidents by a fucking Grubhubber and a DoorDasher. Um, 30 minutes or less. 30 minutes or homicide. But it is nice to be here. It is nice to be moving. It is nice to be in a spot where I can sit down and hang out and do what I need to do, and I'm getting ready to shoot video again. Now I have a spot where I can lay out all my cameras so I can start to get the ideas in my head. It's kind of weird, though, like, with, I mean, and all, I guess with everything going on, now just jumping back into the mix, um, I did release a video last week. Um, as you know, normally I, on this podcast, I had a rule in the beginning, no religion, no sports, no politics. Um, I'm going to have to break that rule. Um, when it comes to religion, while politics is technically a religion, sports I still don't really care about. So that's not really going to enter the conversation. But when it comes to political stuff, um, I'm going to have to break my own rule in terms of making fun of the obvious. Really making fun of the obvious. Like our CDC director is clearly um, uh, some type of sociopathic serial killer. Um, our president doesn't even exist, doesn't even exist, has no fucking clue where he is, can't finish a sentence to save his life. I can eat four cans of SpaghettiOs before that man can get a fucking paragraph out of his mouth. With the birds and the trees and the planes and the Ukraine and uh, Donald Trump. And come on, man, we got to we got to stick together and, you know. Because energy is $7 a gallon. No fucking clue where he is. People are jumping ship left and right. The VP is a fucking moron. They have nothing left to show for it. This whole thing is is just crashing down. It's going to get even more ridiculously expensive. From what I understand, according to statistics, this is worse than when even Carter was in office. None of us were alive or competent enough to even understand what was taking place back then. So I'm not even going to bother to compare it. Other than the statistic is there. Everybody's make fun, making fun of this guy. Including the new improved. This is CNN. And it's, it still doesn't matter. Because he can't do anything. He's powerless. So at this point. There's two reasons why. Inflation. And the fact that these uh, these greedy corporate fucks. Also 
are see there's two things to inflation there's the actual inflation and then there's the companies that use inflation as an excuse which is true to jack up their prices because they know people are going to pay for it which is true in many different segments i know uh meat companies have done that for example tyco i'm more than certain that gasoline and energy companies are doing the same and not just gasoline companies but i mean like actual energy price energy companies they're absolutely jacking up their prices to uh make extra bank they'll do that and there's also the fact that you can't find good work you can't nobody wants to work and why the fuck would you if you lived in california and things are seven dollars a gallon how the fuck are you going to be able to afford just to drive to work you can't even afford to idle in traffic you could run out of gas just idling in slow moving traffic and the quality of the stuff and the supply chain issues is still very existent. There is a dark, dark storm coming. And I don't know what it is. I have no idea. I just know that shit's about to get even more real. The Fed is only reporting on things just starting to get worse. At this point, they're basically lying to us. So I predict that shit is going to get... I Well, first of all... Uh, I already predicted that shit was going to get crazy a few months ago, but it didn't take – it doesn't require a fucking stock market genius or an, a, a true uh, – what do you call it? Certified economist to tell you that. This shit was getting out of control from the beginning because nobody's at the wheel. Nobody's at the wheel of this. This is crashing down, and there's nobody to be held accountable to make those who need to be held accountable held accountable. It's – there's nothing there. So it's going to continue to get worse. At the same time, I'm going to continue what I've been doing. Whatever whatever that is, I'm continuing with the same exact uh, plan that I have in place. I'm just doing my thing, trying to keep my, my bills low. If And I don't care that I drive a Mustang. Things could be $7 a gallon. It could be $10 a gallon. I'm going to continue to do my life by my val by what I want to do. I have principles, I have values, and I have a fucking sweet car, and I'm going to continue to drive it, and we'll see where everything goes after that. If this turns into Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, all right, so be it. I have to continue to live my life because I have to assume that light my life is going to go on. I don't know if World War III is going to happen. I don't know if there's going to be a huge economic collapse. Well, actually, I kind of think there is going to be one in the next six months. I mean, it's already happening. It's already happening. They have no... I mean, they kind of already know what's going on, but they can only disclose the reports as they are filed and, and as they are reported. So they're reporting on things on May... They're, they're already reporting about think about what happened in May. It's June and shit has already gotten worse. Energy prices have gone up considerably just since May, and May's energy prices have gone up considerably just since April. Like it's 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 already gone up considerably. So those reports, nothing. It, what is it going to take to bring it to an end? I don't know. People just stop going to work. People just stop delivering. People just stop making product. People just stop offering services. I have no fucking idea. I, all I know is the hairstylists I see every two weeks are generally the same. The people I see in my daily commute are generally the same. Um, am I paying more for fuel? Yeah, I'm paying more for fuel. But thankfully, thank fuck I live closer to where I need to go and to what I need to do. Considerably closer. I've cut everything down in half. 
Um, so I'm not. I'm going to continue my my ideal lifestyle to the bitter fucking end, until I mean, um, until I'm expending every dime just to put a quarter of a tank of gas in my car. Um, will it change? Absolutely. Will it change from the wars? Who the fuck knows? Um, but you guys have. I've been. I like I said. I've been away for a month and a half. Doesn't mean I haven't been thinking about it. Doesn't mean I haven't been reading about it. Doesn't mean I haven't have said it's but or something to say about it. But there's always more than than what it seems to be. Like I said, one of the reasons we have high costs to a lot of things, yes, it has to do with inflation. Does it have anything to do with the war in Ukraine? Yes, it does. So that has something to do with the war in Ukraine, which didn't need to happen. It has something to do with the with the cost of inflation, which didn't need to happen. It also has something to do with people jacking up their front prices and blaming on inflation, which doesn't need to happen either. So it's a multitude of factors, nobody to be held accountable on any of these fronts. The war will continue. The inflation will continue. People using inflation as an excuse to jack up their prices will continue. How much will it continue? Till people can't afford it. Simple as that. Till people cannot afford to go to work. Till people can't afford to feed their kids. Till people can't afford to pay their rent. Till people can't afford to pay their mortgage. And then also you have to take into account people can't afford to buy shit or refuse to buy shit. What happens is then what happens is then you have a considerable amount of a considerable amount of inventory will start piling up. Now, where do you normally see this inventory? Well, in places where inventory prices or prices are generally decidedly going down. Like, for example, it can't be grocery stores because most, unless it's like produce, it's not produce. It's normally like durable goods or like canned goods, things like that. And then you go to places like TJ Maxx or department stores where things were already priced up really high. Well, people can't afford to buy that shit right now because it's not necessarily needed. So that stuff is going to sit there. Well, they have to move products, so they have to discount it considerably. So you'll start seeing which I already have, you're literally buying t-shirts at TJ Maxx for $6 or $3 on clearance. They have to move stuff. They have to move this shit. They have to make bottom line because if they don't, then they'll go out of business. Now, if all of a sudden a TJ Maxx closes, well, they got to take that product. That product's going to go to another TJ Maxx. They got to offload it there. So these things are also, you have to take that into account. Then all of a sudden, you have like a Dunkin' Donuts. Well, it's like, okay, people go to Dunkin' Donuts every fucking day. They still do because they're idiots. Well, it's like, oh, they can't afford to uh, – they can't hire workers at that Dunkin' Donuts or at that subway or at this place or at that place. Okay, well, the one employee that was working over there gets transferred to another place, and then all that inventory that came from that Dunkin' Donuts either gets sold off at a premium discount or it gets moved over to the other facility. So – I mean, or the price goes up because it's things that they have to get on a daily basis, whether it's creamer or shipping supplies, those prices go up. But you're going to start seeing shit uh, prices go down in certain segments. And obviously, with the rate, with a significant rate cre increase, I believe it's over 6% right now, home prices will drop. However, what you're going to see, what I think you're going to see, is people who are looking at four, five, and $600,000 houses, they're going to start entering the $300,000 range. So the people that were looking between two hundred dollars and $350,000 are now going to get competition from the people who are looking at four, five, dollars $600,000 houses 
because all of a sudden it's just not feasible for them. They're going to enter the market where people are buying houses at 300,000 and you're going to see bidding wars for houses between 300 and 400 grand. Are people still buying houses in a lot of, in certain regions? Absolutely. And that's not going to stop for another six to seven months. Six, excuse me, six to 12 months. I misspoke. I still think there's going to be considerable amount of people buying for at least six months. At least. I haven't heard anything different. People are still listing he, uh, shit here in New Hampshire for generally uh, 400 to half a million dollars. And people are still buying them and sales are still pending and people are still buying at times with cash because if they when you think about it if you need 20 percent, you need 20 percent down on a seven hundred thousand dollar house you're basically able to show up to a three hundred thousand dollar house or three hundred fifty thousand dollar house with a huge offer or with flat cash and be like we'll just fucking take it right now cash offer pack your shit and get out now, when it comes to cars, the market will get flooded in, in a situation where people can't afford to drive, people can't afford to, people can't afford to drive, or they can't afford to buy expensive ones, or V8 prices, or whatever, uh, or no, V8 prices for sure. People can't afford to drive engines, or big block engines, or V8 engines, or V6 engines, they need something economical, or they just can't afford the payments anymore, or they're getting repoed, or whatever. And they're going to start selling those cars off. And then that's going to flood the market as well as far as used car prices. And that's going to cause the prices to go down as well. And then you're going to flood that market. And then you're going to have like this just inflation of inventory. And people can't afford to buy it for several different reasons. Now, for those of you who have the extra cash kicking around when this shit really gets sticky, that's going to put you into an opportunity to figure out We'll be like, okay, do I want to buy stock? Do I want to buy real estate? Do I want to buy that car I've always been dreaming about? Well, it just came on the market for really cheap money because this person just can't afford to be a person anymore. So you're going to go ahead and take their dream and make it your dream. And you know what? To the victor go the spoils, and I salute them for it. Now, am I going to dance on the grave of the unfortunate? No, most certainly not. I wouldn't dare do that because I know that when unemployment goes through the roof and pensions fall apart and uh, dreams or people lose their homes, their jobs. Well, a lot of people tend to commit suicide. And I talk about like, you know, thousands of people took their, a lot of people took their lives during the, the financial crisis of like 2008, uh, the dot-com bubble, uh, some other market crashes because they can't, all of a sudden they have this house debt. They lost their pensions, their 401ks. They lose uh, their their jobs, and now they can't afford to feed their families because they have college payments that they can, they can't afford. They have mortgages that they can't pay. They have carbon. They have all this other shit. They can't do it. They just autumn. They can't. They can't. You know, break the mold. They can't break the bank. So they they immediately assume they can't provide. They're fucking useless. What do we do? And they take their own life. Sad. True. Sad but true. So these are all things I'm constantly watching for to make sure that I'm in a pathway where hmm, it's not going to affect me to the degree in which it has in the past. I remember when gas last reached $4 a gallon in 2005. And then prices dropped down to around 240 a gallon because inventory went up. People stopped going to work. And then that was in 2005. And then literally 
two years later, the market started tanking considerably. We're at five, I'm at 5.38 a gallon, between five and 5.30, between 5.10 and 5.30 a gallon, because I dig uh, mid-grade for the Mustang. Um, So that's going to be, huh, that's going to be a shit show. Is it going to continue to go up? Yeah, I think it is. Um, supply chain issues are going to continue to go up and it's just people going to be deciding can can we eke out a little more money out of the American people's pocket until they flip their shit until January 6th turns into January 7th which I can't support but I can fucking root for it so that being said um, even though this is the this is a, supposed to be a positive podcast I've talked about a lot of negative shit lately because I have to be honest with you it's not looking good. Um, however, for those of you who are preparing for this, who are not taking up huge amounts of debt or paying off their margin, you're going to be in a better position. If you, as long, you could be living paycheck to paycheck each week as long as your paycheck is covering everything and you're going to have that job in six months to a year when shit, gets, when shit goes really south. There's a lot of people out there that got a lot of wage increases, considerable wage increases. Well, guess what? You could go from 150000 to 250000 to zero – because now all of a sudden there's no longer a position available for you because the company's making some cutting, cutting some corners. So where do I fit right into all this? Simple. I keep cruising along, doing what I'm doing, making the smartest decisions I can, making sure when I am making purchases, they are absolutely either necessary or extremely recoverable. So the only major purchases that I'm making um, is to make sure that my, my tomorrow when I uh, have my face ripped out, and, but has to be done because that's for my health. That's for my own well-being. Um, I would love, and I pretty much, I'm pretty sure I will have money uh, ready to go, cash, actual cash in hand for when the market does really start tanking, which it already is because my phone's blowing up. I'm just looking at shit on Coinbase as crypto basically just runs for the hills um, and disintegrates in front of our very eyes. Like Shiba Inu is back down to its original price when it started being able to trade on like Weeble and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, So there is that to consider. Um, Oh, yeah, let me get to that um, Instagram segment here. It's just, just just go right over to it. My buddy, uh, a buddy of mine sent me one, and then I got another one. Um, so I'm going to try to include a, as much Instagram stuff. I don't know how to really transition into it, but I want to be able to laugh. I want to be able to look at some funny stuff. We're not going to do any uh, news articles this week because there's too much news to go through. So I think what we'll do is go through some Instagrams, and then we'll close up shop with some Q&A like we normally do. Did, 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 does, and then normally do. And then we'll close up shop for this week. And hopefully if my face recovers next week, I will do what I normally do. But this is the first time in a month and a half that other than the blog that I did and then the uh, music reaction that I did, um, first time I actually just sat here and moved through a podcast. And uh, I'm a little rusty, but it's good to be back behind the chair practicing this thing we call free speech. And hopefully it's still around before the world goes to shit. So let's see what we got going on here in the uh, in the Instagram reels here. Let me pop open uh, some stuff. Some of the reaction. Do a little Instagram reaction. Here we go. 
Sorry about that. God, that's good. Oh my god, that's freaking funny. <laughs> oh, let me play that again. <laughs> Hold on, let's review that. Let me open this up a bit. Oh, no, here we go. Let me see. Alright, let's go back. So it's a dog just running. Okay, he runs in. Okay, he's in. <laughs> Dude. That is whack. I can tell you. <laughs> I can tell you that dog is okay. Um, but. <laughs> Alright. Oh, dude. If you are just listening to this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, where if that even that doesn't even exist anymore, um, you want to know about those segments, I can email those to you, or I can show, I can send you a link for those. Oh, just email me at positive sarcasm at outlook.com. Just put type in the subject podcast, Instagram reactions, or just put in podcast. Let me know, dude. What was the video you were talking about? Like, God damn it, that first one was freaking funny. Um, so we are at thirty six minutes. Let's go ahead and tell people how to live their lives because I barely know how to live mine. Uh, on Dig Q&A, if you want to support the podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. All right, here we go. First one. Should I tell my boss that my mom has a screen look? How are we, go how are we doing here? Now, a little bit of orange. Got the Positive Sarcasm Donate logo. The Jim Beam Devil's Cut, which I don't drink. That was donated. All right. I'm a woman in my mid-20s who went online to make some fast cash outside of my full-time job, and I found it in the form of, cuck, of a cuck for hire. I answered a personal ad for a great couple who only were a few, old, few years older than me, Patty and Eric. And the, for the past year, I've been getting $500 twice a month for an hour or two of work. That's not bad. Jesus Christ. Can I, where can I sign? Sessions happen like this. I play Eric's wife coming home to find him in bed with another woman. I yell, get upset, and then I am commanded to sit on a chair and facing the bed. He ties he ties me, quote, ties me to the, the chair. I wrap my arms around my back where he wraps some rope around them without tying them. Okay, so he doesn't actually tie you up. And then he proceeds to make love in front of me while telling me how much better Patty is than me. How does this solely... He does this solely by praising her. She's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. She's the best I ever felt. At no point am I insulted, demeaned, or degraded. I'm not involved physically, and I don't get aroused. Well, maybe you should. I thought there would be an issue when my sister drunkenly spilled the beans to my mother, but my mom, while not particularly cool with it, accepted it. I don't get graphic, but I have talked about them to my family the same way I've talked... The same way I talk about any coworkers. Wait, what? But I have talked about them to my family the same way I talk about any coworkers. My niece's birthday party was over this weekend, and then, w and when I complimented my, and when complimented on my gift for her, I stated Patty had recommended it because her their kids love it. 
Fast forward to Wednesday morning at my full-time job, a small family-owned business. The owner was questioned by police for allegations of sexual abuse against their children. We were all shocked, but no more than she was. It was dropped quickly when she confirmed she has a wife, and the allegations are made against a mother and a father. When I told my sister about it later on, she burst out, I can't believe she actually did it. Prudy, my mother, called CPS... Child Protective Services on Eric and Patty for sexual abuse after being horrified to learn they have children. She didn't know their names, only that they were my bosses. Their kids are never home during these sessions, and I've never met better parents than Eric and Patty. There is absolutely no basis for these claims. My boss is confused and some and scared someone will come take their kids. And I'm sick with my mo- and I'm sick with my mother. What do I do? Do I tell my boss not to worry that this was a case of mistaken identity and my mother meddling? Do I warn Patty and Eric? Do I contact the police or CPS myself myself, or wait in case they question me? Am I in legal trouble for prostitution and should avoid all authorities at all cost? Um, I, well, if it is a case of mistaken identity, then you need to identify it. Um, were you where the question is are you in legal trouble i don't i think if you don't submit evidence you'd be in legal trouble but you didn't participate in a sexual act you were paid to watch one which i don't think is going to matter i don't think you're going to get thrown in handcuffs for sitting uh sitting in a room and watching two people you know get after it so I, I don't I don't think that's going to be an issue, um, but your mother called Child Protective Services on Eric and Patty for sexual abuse after being horrified to learn they have children. So your mother, um, well, is a dun 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 is a cunt and really has fucked up a a situation where two people who were living a happy, healthy, oddly somewhat uh you know a somewhat odd existence in the bedroom but apparently had very good children so yeah i think you i think you need to do what's right and you need to first of all take your mother to task and you need to make sure that patty and eric are safe at this point i would i would i would definitely do that you don't want anybody getting their their kids dragged away from them especially if they didn't deserve it if they did fuck them but other than that, no. Let's move on to the next one. How can I keep my wife from finding out that I, I've i gotten ahead in my career by taking credit for others' work? I'm not the man my wife, family, and friends think I am. Not at work, anyway. I can admit to you anonymously that I've been coasting for years. I've become really good at faking it and getting someone else to do the hard work, and I really know how to show upper management what I don't know is how – wait – what I don't know is to how to change this. Not after almost 20 years of operating this way. I've been promoted at most jobs I've had. I've gotten bonuses and awards for my performance. The key has always been me, been for me to leave after four or five years while growing my reputation at my present job is still good and the new place here is nothing but glowing references. But things do come to light after I've, after I've left. I've heard from former coworkers that some messes I've left or have hidden have caused you problems. I'm lucky because upper management never wants to admit that the guy they champion was a real 
fuck up. And since I've moved on, they don't say much or do anything. That's pretty much anybody at a corporate gig. They basically just take credit for other people's work, and then they go ahead and get a pay raise, they get a promotion, or they move on to some other place. That's how everybody does it. Uh, my wife asked me to stay at my present job. I've been here over three years, and she's sick of relocating, and we have a toddler. So this is a reasonable request on the surface, but impossible for me. I can't tell her the truth. I would be mortified if she ever found out what I'm really like at work. How do I even start to fix this? I'm not used to working hard. I'm not even that good at what I do. And if I don't get out of here soon, I really fear I'll be found out. What do I do? Um, well, I guess the party's over. You're going to have to work. If you're not good at your job, why are you go not good at your job? You just don't know how to do it or you never actually attempted it. That's a question you have to say to yourself. What do you do? I think at this point, you're going to have to find something where you can actually stay in it, be good at it, and you have a toddler to support. You're going to have you're going to have to do what's best for the kiddo and what's best for your wife, you know? And maybe if it requires you being around a little bit more often so that you guys can, you know, be a married couple, a happily married couple, and also, um, you know, a little more time with the kiddo, I think it would be a good thing. Um, uh, I know this economy would not treat be very fair to you uh, if you took like a pay cut or whatever, but I think, um, that being said, you don't really have much, you don't have too many choices. I think the option is, is at the end of the day, it always pays to do the right thing. Almost always move on to the next one. Uh, can my company have a paternity leave policy, but not a maternity leave policy? Uh, let's see. My Fortune 500 company recently announced they're implementing a paternity leave policy this fall. Sounds great and progressive. Okay. Well, it would, except the company does not currently have a maternity leave policy. We don't have the details yet about the new policy, but even if it's unpaid, it's additional time uh, off that men are entitled to women, something that women are not. The company is big enough that we're covered by FMLA, short-term disability, pay 100% of salary for six to eight weeks after birth. The company touts their maternity leave policy on, excuse me, touts their maternity leave on sustainable, maternity leave policy on sustainability reports, etc. But there is no actual policy other than federally mandated FMLA that men are also eligible for. Why do they need an additional policy? If this is even legal, I'm hoping they actually mean an all-encompassing parental leave. But that's not how it's been presented so far. So how? Okay. Um, well, I don't know if that's legal. You can't just offer. Well, then I don't know actually. I don't know if it's legal or not. I mean, I don't know if women. You don't. I don't think you. I don't know if you have to offer women maternity leave. Um. I don't know. If you're going to offer one, it would assume I would assume you'd offer the other or you would offer none. And I wouldn't jump to conclusions yet because this thing was just laid out. So I would just pump the brakes. But if you don't like it, you can just leave. Like I said, if you don't like the job, you, you can possibly leave. Right now, there are plenty of jobs out there. Move on to the next one. Where are we at? 45 minutes? Yeah, we probably do one or two more. Uh... I inherited my late aunt's four-bedroom house. It has a separate studio apartment nice, on the property. Since my mother died when I was baby, my aunt and I were all that was left on their family. We were very close, especially after my father remarried for the third time, and I gained a pack, gained a pack of step-siblings. I was very much the odd duck out. 
I love my new neighbor because I never had much space between sharing a room, a dorm, and an apartment as a child and a young adult. I have plans to make a music room, a library, and a cat haven, a cat heaven for my three tabbies. But I've updated the studio first with plans to rent it out. Then my stepsister and her two daughters were left homeless after her boyfriend stole from her and they were evicted. They have been bouncing between friends and family with no money and no prospects. The girls haven't been in school for months. For months excuse me. I live in a good school district with, strong, with a strong transportation system. There are help wanted signs everywhere. I could give her and the girls a year to get on their feet. There would be a lease and I would expect my family to help out financially. I am not close to my stepsister. I was trying to be kind and it blew up in my face. My stepsister was happy enough to, ex to accept and then grew unhappy with the idea of living in the studio. She demanded the house. She claimed her family was more deserving since she has kids and I didn't need all that space. At that point, I told her it was my space and she wasn't in any position to make demands. I thought that was the end of the conversation until I got blasted by my father and stepmother. They could believe I would they could believe I acted like I act like this. I would act like this and not open up my home that I was so lucky to get. They live in a 55 plus retirement community. At this point, I called my stepsister, stepsister and withdrew my offer. Now my family is treating me like the wicked witch of the west. Um, look, you offered somebody a place to stay for a year. Um, and dude, right now that's pretty freaking generous. Um, and it's not their house, so it's not their say. I mean, in this situation, beggars can't be choosers. Uh, wait, what happened? So the stepsister were left homeless after her boyfriend stole from her and they were evicted. Okay. So, yeah, I mean... I'd give them the studio. It's it is something that is better than nothing, and I think they should just take it or say or you can just be like, you know what? Here's a place you don't like it. Fuck off. You know, so um, let's do one more. How should I respond the next time my coworker asks me to? Wait, how should I respond? Sorry, how should I respond? I've done this in a while. Uh, can you tell? Uh, even then I wasn't that good. How should I respond to the, the next time my coworker asks to borrow my clothes? My coworker of about a year, Jill, frequently complains, compliments my work outfits and inquires about the brand of where I got them. They are not designer, usually resale. At first, comments were nice, but it becomes an overreach when she says things like, I like, I like it so much I want to rip it off of you. Our employer is having a big gala fundraiser and she's been asking and has been asking for volunteers to be at the event. The other day in passing, Jill said, oh, I want to borrow that blue lace dress you wore to XYZ event from a few months ago. I was a little surprised and didn't respond at the moment. I'm not going to be volunteering to, uh, for the upcoming event. I would like your opinion on how to respond when she gets wind, when she gets wind that I won't be there because I have a strong sense that she'll bring up the dress again. Um, I'm not sure what you mean. So, okay. But kind of, when she says things like, I want to, okay. They are not designer. Either. At first, the comments were nice, but it'll become an overreach when she says things like, I want to rip it, I want to rip it off of you. It's so nice. My employer is having a big gala fundraiser. Oh, I want to borrow the blue lace dress. Okay. From a few months ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not volunteering at the event. I want to So she's asking you to borrow a dress for one event? Okay. Well, I guess you could be like, all right, one shot deal, one time. Yes, you can borrow that. But no, not anymore. Like, not anymore. Just that one time. 
If she's cool with that, cool. Um, if she complains or says anything, anything about that app, like anything after, then she's a, a lunatic. But chicks borrow clothes all the time because for whatever reason, whether it's a weight change or they're throwing shit out or something like that, that happens all the time. Dudes don't generally do that. We generally don't borrow each other's clothes. It's gross. But women do it all the time. So what's who, who freaking cares? Um, but if it becomes an issue where it's just done it again and again and again and there's no reciprocation, it's like, all right, well, you know, we got to take a step back here. Um, so uh, you, 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 you bitches are weird <laughs> for sure. Um, so that is the uh, – let me go ahead and close out of that. We're just going to close up shop. Are we going to close up shop? Sure, we'll close that out. So my new studio, uh, it's up and running. Um, it's not exactly what I wanted to look like because just for space reasons or whatever. But I made it work. Uh, I'm going to give this angle a try for a little bit and uh, keep things kind of – kind of at least easy to manipulate and we'll see if um i make any other additional changes or you know or if it's just like this is good i can work with this let's keep going um in the meantime uh you can find me on instagram at positive sarcasm under excuse me instagram at positive underscore sarcasm facebook.com slash pos sarcasm um, you can, I'm on Minds. You can find me on Minds. I'm even on Gab, but I mean, I really don't post on there, but I am on there. So if you want to go with that, uh, uh, Minds at Positive Sarcasm. Uh, what else? That's pretty much it. Oh, YouTube, Positive Sarcasm Podcast, Positive Sarcasm, and Positive Sarcasm Reaction Channel. And then you can email me directly, Positive Sarcasm at Outlook.com. Or you can just hit me up in my DMs, or you can go to my website and comment there. But don't get, don't forget to support me. Support me there. PositiveSarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount's appreciated. In the meantime, we're at just over 52 minutes. I appreciate you guys listening, watching, and subscribing. You can subscribe to me on YouTube, Rumble, and, and then, of course, audio version. Anywhere where podcasts are available. Most likely you can find me, download me, and stream me from there. Or you can just go directly to my website, click on the podcast, download it there, or stream it right then and there. Okay, we're done here. And we're back. Will we be back soon? Hopefully, if my face doesn't fall off. Thank you for listening, watching, and subscribing. And I'll talk to you all, hopefully, next week. Recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio. God, I miss saying that. This has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation.